Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? Good, man. Uh, I am drinking a beer that thankfully has the enunciation like hyphenated out on the label. It is a line and kugels. And looking at the, the scribbly script, I, I would just yeah. have no idea. And it's the Summer Shandy. I'm, yes. I'm, do, I do they have more it. than the Summer Shandy? They do. Yeah, they make a couple of other ones. Like Winter Shandy? <laughs> they make a, They made an Oktoberfest that I thought was really good. Oh, yeah? Back in the day. But uh, I believe it's owned by InBev, so I kind of avoid it. But Oh, their company is. I believe so. Because I was showing yeah. you the beer and you gave me this face. I grimaced. I, th- I thought you had gas. I did not. I grimaced. It's the same thing. Um, what are you drinking, I'm drinking sir? Yeah, I'm drinking uh, Beard by Weldworks, which I they're close by, so I drink them a lot. It's called Spectral Class, and it's a New England-style IPA brew with Galaxy and Amarillo hops. Mm. And there's the, there's the can there for you. That looks fancy. Um, yeah, it's very delicious. Uh, so uh, I really want to thank, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to say it's at Jack underscore Saunders five on Twitter for our catchphrase today, which was you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great, which I actually I like that. That's a very good one. Same. So thank you, Jack Saunders. Really appreciate that. Uh, If you want to send us in your own catchphrases, please join the Listen Money Matters community on Facebook by visiting listenmoneymatters.com slash community. And you can also send us an email uh, which we'll give out at the end of the show if you want to send in your catchphrases. And that's it. So so let's get into it today. Uh, joining us on the show is author and advisor to CEOs and executive teams, Kevin Lawrence, who has a book called Your Oxygen Mass First. It's 17 habits every high achiever must adopt to survive and thrive in business and life. Kevin, welcome to the show. And what are you drinking? Well, thank, thank you for having me on the show today, guys. I'm really looking forward to it. I am drinking a Negra Modelo, mm. and uh, it's kind of a darker, I think it's Mexican beer. Yeah. And um, I'm up Dark at the lake. Lager. Yes, exactly. It's my style of beer. I'm up at the lake, so I'm by the water, and uh, yeah, it seems to fit very well. I'm a huge Negro Modelo fan. Really? I know, I know it's like kind of a basic beer, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I do too, for whatever reason, it works for you. And if it works for you, then go with it. <laughs> yeah, the, and the gold foil on the top. Yeah, I know it's nice, eh? I like it's, it. It's nice. It's a bitch to get off sometimes. Yes, but it's it's nice. As long as you don't end up chewing it, you're okay. Yes. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about the book. You just wrote a book in in October, I think. And yep. um, let's. I think one of the biggest things, and maybe Andrew, if you have a specific well, question that you want to ask. Yeah. So so I. Uh... I was sent in your book, and um, it kind of seemed like something that would interest me. I kind of like less of the on-the-nose stuff, and we get sent a lot of that. And um, I, I was reading it, and I, I, I actually, I think it was like maybe chapter two or something, you you gave this metaphor of like work-life balance, and I've only heard yep. it described as work-life balance. And I'm like, well, obviously, if you work less, then you have more life and you're winning. And uh, I, I don't want to kind of like destroy the analogy. I was hoping maybe you could like share it because I, I was like, fuck yeah, when I heard that. And I yeah. really resonated with it. Yeah, yeah. Work-life balance is one of the stupidest concepts out there. 
Like if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, it's like, oh yeah, we gotta we gotta have work life balance. Well, it's freaking impossible. Like it doesn't work. Now if you've got a government job and you start at eight thirty five and you finish at four oh one, you might be able to do that. But if you're highly committed as a business person or entrepreneur, or a business owner, or an executive, the crap doesn't work. The truth is the worst part, it makes you feel horrible about yourself because it's impossible. So people are trying to strive for something where you can never win, especially for high-driven people. The, the thing that does work, and I talk about in the book, because the biggest flaw with it is that you forget about yourself. That's... If you just take care of your work and you just take care of your life and your family, you're screwed. Yeah. Because you're the, you're, the, you're the strength. You're like the spine that holds all the muscles and organs together. So if you don't take care of yourself, you get weak and deplete and implode. And then it's like you go to hell in a handbasket. It's it's horrible. And it's because of horrible advice that people are given. What type of advice? Well, you, you need work-life balance. Or, you know, you should always put others first. Or everything goes around this almost this martyr complex that we have in our world that you're not supposed to have needs. You're not supposed to take care of yourself. You're supposed to, you know, just take care of everyone else. Now, it's convenient to have employees think that way. But it's not in their best interest. You need, we all need, we're all fairly high maintenance. Mm-hmm. We need a fair amount of our best energy dedicated to ourselves if we're going to continue to do big stuff. If you just want to live in Mediocreville, you don't need to worry about it. But if you're up to something serious, you, know, you need a lot of care and maintenance just to stay strong. So you've got lots to give to everyone else. You know, right. We, we've talked a lot about like, I, I'm particularly a very like boom and bust guy. Like I am crushing it. I'm, you know, hashtag hustle, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I, I hit the brick wall and it is, yeah. it's like the end of me for, for weeks. Right. And yep. I had always view, I, I never quite understood the, the, I mean, it's like st- stupid to say like the, the importance of self, like Andrew, go extract yourself and play some video games or whatever yes. I need for me selfishly um, yes. so that I can then do everything for everyone else and, and be what yes. they expect me to be. And you just picked up on a key word that one of my early mentors, his name was Thomas Leonard, master coach. He almost is the grandfather of the modern coaching movement. And his, his saying is you need to learn to be incredibly selfish. Mm. Now, unfortunately, in our culture, that's seen as a bad word, but he redefined it. He goes, there's selfless, where all you do is everything for everybody else, and you just deplete yourself, and then you become useless. And then there's self-centered, where it, you just suck everything from every, everyone else, and you just take, take, take. That's and a that world makes you revolving a, around you sort of mentality. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. all about you, and suck it, and that makes you a bastard. Yeah. And then there's mm. this beautiful place in the middle called selfish, and I, initially, the working title of the book was Selfish Leader. But mm. I didn't think that would come across right. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> that's what I want to be. Up the book. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the idea of it is, is like, in selfishness, it's taking brilliant care of yourself with the intent of having more to give other people, with the intent of having a bigger impact on the world and helping people in your work more, or helping people or having a better impact in your life. So it's the intent is self strength to be more generous, and that's and that's what people need to get, and that and, and people aren't getting that message out there. So. You talk about this idea of having the the mundane, normal, normal job thing, and and they don't really need a lot of this advice. But I would argue that a lot of people, um, like my mother included, who was who I had just spoken to, even though she works in normal nine to five jobs, she takes that shit home with her. Right? It doesn't leave her brain. She is constantly, yes. you know, thinking about it. And when I look at other people, like doctors, 
um, lawyers, real estate agents, people who are on call, quote unquote, it's not a nine to five job for them. And those are pretty like what, what I would consider normal jobs. Yep. And people can be very high performing in those jobs where they're not necessarily the CEO, but they do have an important job and they take a lot of that shit home with them. And one of the things I wanted to ask was uh, about this idea of taking care of yourself. So even though there's a lot of people besides CEOs that this affects, what are some ways that you can take care of yourself? Because, I mean, I'm thinking about one right now that's really inappropriate to say. Uh, there's <laughs> literal self-quick care. You know, sometimes you got to you gotta take care of yourself, you know? Uh, <laughs> and then there's ways that, like, you know, Andrew just mentioned playing video games. Not one of my bags, but I homebrew or, you know, some people drink. You know, it's not not, not that that's healthy, right? That so might what are, not be the best option, but for right. some people, it's just what they need to do. So what's the, what are your ideas? Like, what are some of the ways that you think people can take care of themselves or become selfish? So the idea, first thing, is is to make the decision that you're a priority and that you need to take care of yourself. Okay. So one of the metaphors I use is oxygen canisters. And imagine you're climbing Everest or, or imagine – and you need oxygen. Or imagine your life, you have an oxygen canister with 100 minutes of oxygen. Well, how you how you going to divide it up? And I call it oxygen ratios or passion ratios. How much of that key energy are you going to allocate to your work, yourself, and your life? And you start by figuring out, what, what the frick did I need? How much am I going to give myself? And it's almost like in personal finance, pay yourself first, right? right. Well, it's the same thing here with, with this. Take care of yourself first. So generally, I need 10 to 15% of my best energy or best oxygen for me. So you start with that, and it's like, how much am I going to ration for myself? And it's a, it's a distinction between time and, 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 and energy because you can spend 14 hours by yourself and you could sit in a corner and drink beer by yourself all day, but that might not fuel you or bring their best out of you. So right. how much of my energy and then what is it? And then everyone's different, man. Like you talked about it. It could be the home brewing. It can be video games. It can be sitting on a beach. It can be meditation. Like for me, mm-hmm. for me to be my best, I need to work out. Okay. I need, I need exercise because it helps my body and my brain. I need time to write and think. I need like I'm a I'm a thinker and I like to process. I need time with my friends and usually doing some crazy shit. Like I I I love to play. Like tonight we're gonna go out in a boat when it's pitch black and go surfing in the lake. Right? Cool. Now most people think that's stupid. I think it's a freaking riot. I mean I don't understand how you surf in a lake. Well the <laughs> waves the boat fills up with a lot of water uh-huh. and goes sideways through the lake and makes a big like four foot 20 foot long wave, four foot high 20 oh. foot long wave on the lake whoa and you surf like you would in the ocean so we and, yeah so, and you don't have to worry about sharks exactly yeah. Yeah, you just have to worry about driftwood or floating it's, logs i just watched point break last night yep okay <laughs> one of my favorite yep. movies of all time yep. And now, yeah, now, just that's all I had to say about that. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I just love that movie. No, it's I know it's movie. good. It's a great movie. So, so the the idea is, so for me, like, so I need. You know, so we'll be out tonight. It'll be pitch mm-hmm. black. We'll have the music crank. There'll be three, four guys. We'll be mm-hmm. surfing in the pitch black. And when you fall, you fall into the middle of a lake by yourself. And it's yeah. freaking awesome. It's like yeah. bliss. It's like for me, it's like it's like heaven. And then tomorrow morning, I get up and my son and I. There's a private racetrack that we're members of an hour and a half from here, and we're gonna go rip it up, me and my 15-year-old son, on a private car racetrack, and spend the day, you know, ripping tires apart and hunting other people down in front of you. Like it's, it doesn't matter what it is, we all have these things that kind of feed our mind, our body, and our spirit. And, and if you just do all the practical crap, 
you don't end up feeling great and you deplete and your soul and your spirit and your energy starts to die. Mm. And so the key is everyone knows what it is because they've done it in the past. It's just a matter of not sacrificing it and making it a priority. You know, I hate bringing up the word social media because mm. it's stupid and I, I hate it to the umpteenth degree. And I, I remember reading this thing where people uh, in in gaps of time, like spare gaps of time in their life, they will, I don't know, open Instagram or Facebook and uh, they, were, they did this research study. And um, so like when you, you're hanging out with your son, that fills you back up. So that you it can does. then go and work and that depletes your energy. And the thing, uh, Facebook and Instagram, it, it doesn't do either. I mean, it essentially draws you down slowly so you feel it's your no time. It's no different than watching TV and stuff like that. Like it's, 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 it's dead activity. It doesn't enrich you. It doesn't help your mind, your body, or your spirit. And so perhaps like uh, – I don't know if this is what you suggest. But like I, I would imagine the if you found some of these like – essentially useless gaps of time and replaced it with things that were fun, you know, Yes. you would actually just perform better. Well, you'd feel better because again, we all have these useless gaps of time and like you can fill your mind watching TV news. That doesn't necessarily enrich your spirit. It's scary and depressing. Everything they put on it. It (laughs) is. But, but the thing is, there's a lot of things we do that burn our idle time with no benefit. So, and you just got to look at, do you come away feeling better and stronger and more joyous, right? So Mm -hmm. look, we're all going to have dead activity and you might look on social media. Like for me, I am more likely to go and read. I like to read the New York Times because there's interesting articles that open my mind on stuff that I'm not even aware of, Mm. right? So I will read that kind of stuff. But all I know is if I go on something like Facebook, which I don't really use, what I have, I feel like shit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's bad. Because it's like all these people are doing all these things. They're sharing the seven seconds of their day that was spectacular. They're not telling you about the 23 hours that sucked. Right. But, you know, it, it just it, it's like it doesn't make you feel good, but you can get sucked into it. Same with watching some of the really horrible stuff on news. I like to read newspapers. I like real information. Sure. But it's like at the end of the day, do you come away feeling better or do you come away feeling worse? And unfortunately, especially when we're tired and worn down and burnt out, we do the stuff that tends to make it even worse mm. because our energy is low. And it's mm. easy to just open it, Facebook it, and mindlessly. It is. Right. You know, it, it's easy to do the mindless stuff. And what a lot I talk about in the book is it's building the resilience rituals, as I call it. That's doing the stuff you need to do for yourself. And they're freaking disciplines, man. Like mm. when you're burnt out and hit the wall, man, I hit the wall all the time. I'm really good at recovery now. But I do, and but it's like. Well, what do you do you to recover? You don't want to go. Yeah, I go back to the resilience rituals. Mm. You just exercise, surf. writing, socializing with my friends, doing crazy shit with my friends, right. doing fun stuff with my kids. Not to be like right? uh, stupid about it, but do you like have a framework or something written down so you're like when you're in like you're like halfway through the wall and you're just yeah. it's a shit show yeah. you're like ah i just need to go to my list and step one is i don't know yeah. call my mom or something right that's very good so in the in the book there's the in the resilience rituals chapter it breaks down so i have it i have i have an example of mine in there but it breaks down what do i do for my mind for my body and my spirit mm. when do i do it and it just, it's a little grid that you have. Yeah, so it's called Resilience Rituals. It's exactly that. And I just and, and, s- and every time I work with a leader and they get totally cooked, which happens all the time, sure. they figure out those three, four things they got to do daily and weekly 
to keep themselves or get themselves back dialed in. That that was mm. one of the things that I really appreciated from your book that uh, I, I think so. So when I first went through like your chapter one or so, you have like these like uh, workbook esque sections where you can kind of like fill things yep. out. And I'm, yep. I'm like of the I subscribe to the belief of like, don't damage the book. Like I can't write in it because yeah. then if I make a mistake, <laughs> don't, or, don't sign my book. Yeah, I won't be able to resell it. And, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I was like, I don't know. And then I got to the second chapter and I actually found it pulled me out of just like crush this information as fast as possible to actually reflecting on it as I went. Um, so so not much about that other than I, I really like that approach. So, but but yeah. I did. But yeah. And I will say that, you know, that's why they're also on the website. You can download a digital copy of a workbook. So, because I know a lot of people don't like to write in books, so there's a free version on the site lawrenceandco.com under books, and you can download the workbook for free. Mm, so yeah. you can print it and write, or you can buy one on Amazon for like 15 bucks, and then you right. can write in it however you want, or you download the tools. So yeah. I, I I know that's normal. A lot of people feel like it's a sin to write in a book. So we we have we have a we have a backup plan for those paranoid <laughs> weird people. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're like, talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You resemble that remark. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm curious, Andrew, if uh, mm. that like this these uh these principles of like when you hit the wall or when you bat at the wall, like do you have a list now that you I mean you didn't write in the book, but do you have a list? Yes, yeah, so I have a list. Can you tell me what it is? Yeah, so um one of them uh is is just be alone. Uh, I actually so you know what are you doing alone? <laughs> you know it, it it's like alone uh like off the internet, you know just Got like. It. Think yeah. off the grid. Yep. Yeah, because yeah. I I have the deepest, most intense internet addiction ever to be, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. And the thing is, um, I love like things like this, like bullshitting over beer or like hanging yep. out. But that right. I I just have learned in my life that depletes me. I need to be alone with Recharge. my thoughts. To yeah, right, right. So what does that mean? Like, is that literally? Are you like Blair Witch? Like you just stand and you're facing the wall. I, I stare <laughs> at the corner. Yeah, I just stand and face the corner. Like um, Laura comes in, she's like, "What are you doing?" And you just don't move. Well, He's been there for 14 hours. In, in like this like weird cliche way, I actually wound up. Uh, so I, on my roof, I have like astroturf and lounge chairs. And I would go yeah. up and I would read this book, and I was kind of oh. like using it as a recharge, not to okay. not to puff your ego up any more than it is, Kevin. <laughs> but uh, I found it helpful as an escape. Yeah, but, but you just use the word. It's about recharge, mm. right? You know, and some people it'll be like gardening, yeah, or so painting. It's still, it's still work, right? That's work. Into it, you, just, you know, it's it's just you know, there's there's studies too about when you're doing you know mental you know thinking things all the time to yeah. do something opposite. Like there's a lawyer I know who was an incredibly high performing lawyer, thinking and processing all day. For him, it was painting. Yeah. It actually helps to recharge by using the opposite part of your brain. Mm. And mine's so cooking. Cooking and doing that, the dishes. That's, that's a, doing the dishes is a big one for people, hey? Yeah. Doing I hear it a lot. Doing the dishes, it's almost like a little meditation. Yeah. And and it's again, those are all things. Walking, dishes, gardening, swimming, sun tanning, reading. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just trying to avoid the stuff 
that is escapism and just to- trying to pull you somewhere else, which, yeah. again, social media is good. And truthfully, I mean, trying to avoid stuff that is more like addiction. Social media is an addiction. It's designed right. to be an addiction. Oh, my God. I have the best segue ever. I hope I, hope I didn't lose it in saying that. So Yeah. Okay, so you're listen. About- oh, you're, you're building it up, man. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, I'm excited. See, we, all, we all know you own a Segway. You don't have to brag about it every time you get on. <laughs> Speak of which, you know the creator of the Segway died – Segwaying oh, off a cliff. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. <laughs> did he? Y'all, yeah, yeah, he did. Really? Yeah, yeah it oh, is wow. perhaps the most ironic death ever. <laughs> it is, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so in like, and I, I totally lost the segue, but may, maybe know, it was a good segue. I, I ruined it for you. <laughs> the segue was the segue joke. Uh, yeah. So um, one of the things, like, I just, I kind of just like truck through things, and and I guess I didn't realize, but in reflecting. There were days, so I used to have a day job, and I eventually quit and did my business, but I'd be at my job, and like all day I was consumed with life or mental issues, and li- and like it was great because I got paid anyways, but I literally did not do anything. I was worthless to every human being, including myself, yep. and yep. there have been times- Common. Yep. Yeah, just in my life where uh, things from my past haunt me to such a degree that I am like in this state of paralysis or or just yep. like perpetually making terrible decisions. Like yep. anyone, if they saw me doing it, they'd be like, Andrew, you're being an idiot. Um, and so I, I love the emotional junk section. Yeah, that 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 section on deal with your emotional junk is unbelievably important. And I work with super high performing people all around the world all the time. And that always comes up because look at some of that junk from earlier in our life drives us and motivates us to do great things. It's awesome for sure. But at a certain point it starts to go toxic. And, and, and the rule of thumb is, is if these things keep coming back, dude, you got to get to a freaking therapist and cl- clean the crap out of your head. Yeah. Mm. Right. And that's, and that's the reality of it is, is that we all, and I talk about a book, we all need 30, 40 hours of therapy to get the junk out of our head. It's, it's no different than eating some bad seafood. Like if you ate a bad, some bad oysters, you're gonna, your system is going to be revolting against it and it's going to be a mess. So biologically, we're, our systems are designed to get it out quickly. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. with the emotional stuff, we're not wired that way. Like there's not a system. So we end up with like toxic oysters in our system, but they're there for 15 freaking years. And you wonder why you start doing crazy stuff because your system's going crazy. Yeah. Right. So you just you just you just gotta you gotta puke it out. You gotta work it out. You gotta get out of your system. And most people are terrified to do that. Yeah. So I, I will say, uh, I in my past I've gone to a therapist and was probably like the single best thing I have ever done in my life. Like literally fixed yep. my mind. Uh, yep. hi, highly highly recommend it. That said, if that wasn't an option. Or you were just so opposed to it because of like I don't know social bullshit. Yep. Like, yeah. what would be? Uh, I'd a, say you're a fucking idiot. Well, <laughs> just just suck it up, Buttercup. But you know, you can even carry if you know you're a fucking oysters idiot. in your stomach for 10, 15 years, or you can get a professional to help you. If you had a compound fracture on your leg, hmm. are you just gonna suck it up? Uh, if you don't have or, money. What yeah, I do? guess you guys live in you guys live in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Much well played, sir. <laughs> yes. So, so, so again, that kind of stuff. It is expensive. It is true. Um, so, one of the things in the book I have, and there is something called the venting template. There are lots of tools where you can write about it or find ways to get it out of your get system. Yeah. 
It's like yeah. you have to purge it somewhere, right? You, you got to purge it, right? It's the toxicity is there. You got to get it out. So there's a tool called the venting template, which is very ha helpful for traumatic situations, deaths, injuries, all that kind of stuff. It's a mm. tool. Um, I would look into employee benefit programs. Most employee mm. benefit programs in companies do have options for those kinds of things for some sort of they counseling. They know it therapy. sucks in your productivity. Absolutely. No, right. it, 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 it destroys people and it, everybody is affected by it. And that, we that's all have the this thing. Funk. Everyone has it. Oh, my God. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone gets burnt out. Everyone gets mental problems. Like mental, their mental health goes into the ditch. Right. You know, everyone has historical stuff that's in their way. And, and, and the truth is, if we talk, bring it back to money, you know, we talk about financial freedom. Dude, there's no freaking – there's not enough money in the world to be totally free. Yeah. You have to get the emotional freedom to benefit from the financial freedom, mm. right? Money does not buy freedom. No. It buys possibilities. But if you still got too much junk in your head, you I've seen people worth hundreds of millions of dollars who aren't free. They're right. still emotionally stuck in all their crap, and then they can't have a great life. Mm. Well, on that note, and I think it's time that we – maybe take a little break for ourselves and to reflect on ourselves and to, you know, maybe do something a little different, maybe, maybe a little bit of downtime, maybe listen to some ads, who knows, but <laughs> whatever it, whatever it is, we're going to take a little break. Take, you can use it for yourself. You can use it for, in fact, use it for yourself. And, uh, we'll be right back, uh, with more. All right. So I actually have a question about, this is very, this is a really, maybe, maybe, Super generic. What does mental health, what does good mental health look like? Because we all know what the bad shit looks like, right? The bad shit looks like you try to kill yourself. Mm. Right. That's like, the, that's like as worse as, it, you yeah. know, it's, okay. But what, what is a good picture of mental health? Like what yep. is, how do we know that we're, or what, how do we even know what the goal is for that? Yeah, you know what? Well, there's a chapter in the book on on this example. I'm just looking it up. It is chapter seven, and in there, there's a grid called the mental health continuum. Mm. That basically has you look, and it breaks down. Hey, man, mental health. Either you're green, freaking awesome. Yeah. Yellow, little screwed up. Orange, hurting, probably need yeah. some help. Red, freaking screwed. Right. Uh -huh. And well, you're never screwed, right? You can always come back. Thank you very much. But you feel like you're screwed. And that's a yes. very important point. No matter how bad it is, and for everyone listening, no matter how bad your head gets, it can always get better with the right help. It's it. no different than a, a, they, they can fix any cut or gash in your leg can be fixed, no matter how bad it is. Same with your brain. Mm. So basically, if, if we look at this, and um, i got to find my glasses to read the damn thing. So basically, under healthy, here's what it looks like. Mm. You have normal mood fluctuations. You're calm and take things in stride. Good sense of humor, performing well, in control mentally, normal sleep patterns and few sleep difficulties. You're physically well, good energy, physically and socially active, no or limited alcohol use or gambling. Uh, so let's talk on the alcohol. If no. you have a couple of beers a day, that's not a problem. Oh, If okay. you normally have a couple of beers a day and you start having 17, you got a freaking problem. Mm. Yeah. So it's changes in the patterns. So that's what. Uh, so basically, you're in a good state of mind. You're sleeping well. You're 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 seeing your friends. You don't get thrown. You know, mentally thrown. You're just you're generally good. You don't mention anything about BMs in there, right? I mean, generally, <laughs> if you have solid BMs, that's a that's a good picture of health, right? 
I heard that well, means you're dehydrated. That means you're, that means you're just eating really enough vegetables, dude. That's, well, that's, <laughs> that's important for health. It is. Like it, but but uh, I don't know how you connect that to your brain, but maybe you have a different type of brain. But that's I don't, hey, I'm just, What if it is? What if they find out later it is connected and they're like, oh, you know, man. You know, hey, everything is connected. I wouldn't be shocked, actually. Right. So, so the idea is that everything's good, but if you look at like the orange zone when you're injured, right? When you're, yeah. you probably need help. You're angry, anxious. You're pervasively sad or hopeless. Yeah. Negative attitude. You got poor performance at work, or maybe you become a workaholic. You can't concentrate. Restless, disturbed sleep. Recurrent images, nightmares, mm. aches and pains, fatigue, avoidance and withdrawal of social situations is a huge cue. Mm. And then increased alcohol or other addiction use. And gambling is hard to control. Like you can't stop whatever addiction we all go to, and most of us do. You can't stop yourself. That means, and that, and, that, you, and like you mentioned, gambling and alcohol. But there's social media, right? That's an addiction. Yep. Uh, Shopping. There's a, yeah, there's. A, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, yep. I'm trying to think of others. I, I can only think of weird ones. I can't even think of a normal one besides social media. But there's lots. Right. Any behavior that you're doing that's chronic, repeatedly, that's, that's repeatedly. Right. And that truly makes you feel better for an instant, but it doesn't really right. make you, it doesn't really make you feel better for a long period of time. Yeah, it gives you that dopamine hit, but then it's, it's all. Like, and in reality, gone. it's all about dopamine. It's all about the woohoo, you know. Right. It's it, it's self medication. And look, we all need some of that to some point. We're humans. Sure. We need some of that. It's just when it gets out of control, and you can't stop yourself, and you're doing stupid, stupid things. Right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to come back from that sort of. That's hard to come back from that. It Especially is, but it is. You get into a rut, and it's and yes. it, and it is addicting, and and you know those dopamine hits are addicting. I know for me, if I, I I'm an anxious person, and so when I have bouts of anxiety, I do have a quick medication that I go to, which is just TV. It's, it's literally comedy TV that I've watched a billion times over, but I can sit in front of the TV for an hour or two, and the anxiety sort of goes away because it's just something I'm used to, and I don't, but I don't treat it as. Uh, it's not medication. It's not like Xanax or anything, but it's it's something. And it works, but I don't. But if I, but if it can become an addiction, it can. And if you go and do that for half an hour, an hour, a couple hours, and it resets you, yeah, perfect. Cool. And if and if you if you meditate or you write, you yeah. know, it's it's generally trying to go inside and make the stuff fade away. That is the most powerful, but hardest to do. But at the end of the day, if you go and have a drink, great. It's just sure. if it gets 17 or if you're stuck in front of the TV for 12 hours, right? right. It's just anything chronic, I guess. I exactly. But we all, we're not perfect and we all need things like this to help us to recover. Right. You know, and it's like, even like if I take exercise, exercise can be done to an extreme too. Right. There's people who will just go over the top with it and it almost, it does for some become an addiction too. Sure. Is, do, so, do you see you the, the, the line as like muscle ups? Once you're doing muscle ups, like it's just downhill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're in deep trouble. Yeah. No, it's just it's, it's when you can't stop yourself no matter what. And and you generally know it's almost like you're damaging yourself by how hard you're going at some of these things. That's uh -huh. the and again, and you gotta let yourself off the hook. We're not supposed to be perfect. And there's these visions of perfection people aspire to, and that makes it worse. Right. You just gotta be you're trying to do your best, right? You're trying you know, and you should feel better mentally and physically on a regular basis, it shouldn't be taking you to a deeper place. Right. And and you say perfection and people can be, or try to strive for overall perfection, but you mentioned something in the book about finding your sweet spot. Yes. And I think um, a lot of people have a hard time doing this. I certainly do, because I feel like I have a lot of them. Uh, that's, not a, that's not a brag, it's kind of a curse. Yep. Uh, oh, and You're so great, Matt. 
<laughs> there's just so I just have so many it's it's so but like how do you determine what your sweet spot is and utilize that to maybe not be you know maybe not achieve perfection but at least achieve the best thing that you can and then how do you apply that to say a CEO or even if you're working at a day job because even if you're working at a day job you know you might have this like really good talent but it's not it's being yep. underutilized you got it so andrew kind of mentioned it before he, he prompted it. andrew said something about hey you know sometimes when you do your work it drains you well in your sweet spot you could probably work for 24 hours straight mm. without looking it, at a clock right because like, it energizes you like look my sweet spot is the place where you feel really good about it. like you enjoy it yeah and you do so you enjoy it and could do a lot more, you generally get better and better, and someone's gonna pay us cash for it. It's kind of like the state of flow, right? They, they mentioned the state of flow of like, that's where you operate the best. And it's easy and natural for you. So for example, my sweet spot is phone or face-to-face -face communication, people with big freaking problems, big problems, not trivial stuff. Yeah. The messier, the better for me. Um, and with, and with people who really are trying to do something serious in the world. So they're up to something big, serious problems, and phone or face-to-face. -face. And the other sweet spot is talking with guys like you. Like, I love this. I could do this all day long. I right. love it. Now, you go throw me into a little cubicle, and you get me to do paperwork? Right. That's like my death spot, man. I'm horrible. I'm not even good at it. I hate it. I avoid it like the plague. So it's basically you follow your energy. There's an there's a author who I learned this from. His name is Marcus Buckingham. He has a book called Now Discover Your Strengths. I reference it in my book. And it's, he does an assessment called Strengths Finder. 15 mm -hmm. bucks online helps you understand it. Um, but his premise is do what you love, not what your family and your parents and people tell you you should do. Focus on your strengths. Don't try to fix your weaknesses. That's stupid. Basically, mm -hmm. go with it. And and, and he has this thing called love loathe. Make a list of things you love doing throughout the week that give you energy and you want to do more and the stuff that you loathe and you can't stand. And get right. 80, 90% of your energy into that love list. So I, I got to throw it into the mix because there, there's this like forever ongoing debate of like follow your passion or like, I don't know, avoid your passion at all costs. And you know, it's like, so like I should start a business. Some people are like do what you love and other people are like, don't do what you love. Right, uh, yes. Do, do you have like any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, there's no right answer. Um, <laughs> well, that right. wasn't helpful. <laughs> the, the key, the key is to do the type of work you love. Mm. So you love beer. That doesn't mean go start a freaking beer company. It's do you oh, like to lead people or do you like to be the technician doing the work? So you're saying don't well, be you, like so on the nose about it. You don't have to be. It's like because no, right. it's not about the industry or what it is. It's about the kind of the things you do in your day. Mm. Right. I like to lead people and push people and challenge the hell out of CEOs that everyone else are afraid of. I like playing with fire and lions and tigers and like not literally, but you know, no. you know. But it's like I don't know. You surf in lakes, so I was thinking exactly. But I, I like doing. I like pushing limits. I love pushing limits and making big shit happen. I but wonder key, though. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, please go ahead. I was gonna say, how do you determine what those are when you haven't done much, right? I think do it. Do it. Just try it. See. Right. So you're saying like, I, like, how do I know if I don't like something unless I try it, and then I I realize I hate it, and I, now I'm stuck in this job. How do you know if you like Negro Modelo? 
You buy the freaking bottle, crack it open, and drink it. It's like in life, try. Right. So if you there... think you might love being a brewmaster at a cool independent brewery, go freaking talk to a brewmaster. Go work for one as an apprentice. You could. You don't need. But first, go talk to him. How do you spend your day? Uh, what okay. do you do? How how are your hours? Research. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you could be a brewmaster or you could be a jet engine engineer. Like, it doesn't matter. It's what are the things that they do and how do they spend their day? Yeah. So if we look at the example for for, for Andrew, you know, he, he needs some time by himself. Mm-hmm. Well, if those guys get no time by themselves, so I'll talk, I was talking to a very uh-huh. successful medical professional in the U.S. recently. He's built a wildly successful business, makes a boatload of cash. And he hates it because he modeled it after his father and his mm. father in the same industry loved people. He was outgoing and he'd be in talking to every single patient every day, like 80 people a day. Yeah. This guy wants to be in his office and figure out how to take care of them better. He doesn't even want to talk to freaking humans, right. but he's seeing 80 people a day and he's depleting himself. Hmm. So again, conventional wisdom. Well, my father did it. He was successful. This is what you're supposed to do. No, that's stupid. Well, engineer right. around it around what works for you and that's what you got to figure out with these jobs how do they spend their time and how does that resonate with you so okay so if you were going to start out and you're like i love beer and you talk to a brewmaster and you're like wow this is exactly not me and then you don't do it like <laughs> life saved right yes but what, yes like what happens to this doctor who has now built a successful business to some degree is like seriously committed to, I don't know, seeing 80 people a day or, or I don't know what he's committed to. How do you like fix that? Because I feel like yeah. my life is chasing things that I did. Kind of like you said, try the ne- Negro Modelo, but I'm like, Easy. I try it at a hundred miles per hour and I'm already down the road. And how do I like back out of that? And like, be like, yeah, you've actually, already bought 50 million cases <laughs> right, of Negro like, Modelo. Yeah. <laughs> you all <bought> that. <laughs> or you come up with a business plan to blow it out and move on to your next thing. You know, right. in, in life, we, 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 have to, we have to be careful of our attachments. We get stuck in a lot of shoulds. Everything's a bloody experiment. Mm. So mm. if you buy too much that's Negro my, Modelo. That's my motto. <laughs> it is. It's all an experiment. So if it doesn't work, blow the crap out. Have a Negro Modelo sale. Convince your friends it's the best thing since last bread and get them to buy it all. Right. And they'll get the beer you want. So if you treat it like an experiment, so for example, with this guy, he just called me recently. I'm going to, me or someone on my team is going to help him figure it out. Mm-hmm. We go back and engineer what the hell he wants based on his sweet spot. What suits him? It'll probably be that he doesn't see many patients at all, but becomes more successful. Because he just has a story in his head that he has to see 80 people a day. Who says? Right. It's not a law. Right. Right. He's just trapped in limiting thinking that's just, Old school and stupid. He needs to build it based on what he wants. So what if um, – I, I think like what happens is is so like um, – uh, you know like the concept of sunk cost, right? Yes, correct. Right, like I don't know. I, I bought this thing and it was a shitty investment or, or I spent 10 years doing this thing. Well, the 10 years are gone. So what would you say to someone who like, I don't know, got a – doctorate in i don't know brain yep. surgery turns out they hate brains but they dedicated Perfect. seven years to this <laughs> like how well, they, they just hate brains i, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know well, until i started working on them scenario. but I hate it's them. a common scenario people follow what they think or what their parents tell them so i see it all the time yeah. and i'd be like hey man how's it working for you 
Hey, right. so you're 42. How do you feel about being 52 and spending the next decade of your life doing the same thing? But so you I know, if their eyes start rolling in the back of their head, I'll say, well, let's pull a fucking ripcord and do something else. Here's the thing. I, I totally hear you on that. And I, I feel like in, in a high level scenario, ch- chug that Negro model is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it with the hard questions. I guess the way that I see, I see like there's other facets to it. Like, you know, the guy who has to see 80 people a day and doesn't like it or the nurse who turns yep. out hates just all things nursing is, is supporting her family, right. family paying right. rent. You know, there's yeah, like they have so? a life, they've built a lifestyle now so? like they have a mansion. But they perhaps have to pay they're for. employing yeah, other people. Like, so how do you because you know what? Here's the thing. There's other people involved, meaning like they have a say, yeah. too. Right. Uh, Just keep the bullshit rolling, guys. These are all the excuses why people don't deal with well, it. No, okay. You no, have to but- have a belief. You got to have a belief. Number one, it starts. It's what, not how. Mm. You got to decide what the hell you want and have faith in this planet and the way that it works that it's possible. If you go to how right away, you will never change. It's too scary. How so do you, you commit? You commit. I'm a brain. Let's take the brain surgeon. Uh. I commit. I'm a brain surgeon. I hate it. Mm-hmm. And hate I brains. want. I hate it. I hate it. I'm going to. And you commit, what I really want is to be an art dealer. Awesome. Mm. Don't have to change it tomorrow. It might take two or three years, but you you have to start by committing to what you want, Mm. and then you find your way. You can always find a way. It doesn't have to be drastic. You don't have to change it and run away today. So you're you're saying like basically make a a plan, like an escape plan. plan. Well, make a commitment first. Actually, forget the plan. Like decide. Make like I am doing this. Commit to yourself. I am not going to allow myself to suffer with this crap anymore. And I'm. I deserve to have what I want. So you have like five hundred thousand dollars in debt because you got like ten useless degrees. Like first, yes. you have to be like, okay, enough is enough. You know, agree to disagree. Whatever. I'm getting out of debt, and then you come up with the plan to. Yes. Mm. And if the plan takes you a year, five years, it's okay. Yeah. Usually it comes together very quickly. Where people fail is they don't have the faith that it's possible, so they don't make the commitment and they just try to suck it up. And what then they s- end up heavily medicated the rest of their life because they hate their freaking life. Mm. Right. What do you say to people who will – I'm sure you get this a lot. They are like, I don't have enough time. Or <laughs> I get the, you know, the thing that I get a lot is, dude, you don't understand. I have kids. Right? What's that have to do with it? Well – uh, just sort of like what Andrew was saying is those are those are excuses that people are going to have for oh. sure, right? They're going to say, yes, it is. I don't have enough time to do this. I'm so busy. I can't even I can't even do this for myself. I can't even I don't even see my family. I don't want to I, I can't be a fucking art dealer because I'm a goddamn brain surgeon and I'm in I'm on call 80 hours. People die if I don't show up, right? There's there's always this excuse of time. Yep. And then the other excuse I hear a lot is you know, I'm a single person who who doesn't have a family. I don't. I mean, I don't have like kids. I don't have people dependent yep. on me, and so it's very easy for me. Like like you're saying, I'm, it's very easy for me to blow up the system. It's very easy for me to go fuck it. I don't want to be uh, a brain surgeon. I want to be an art dealer because I can sell all of my shit and I can go live in a friggin' one bedroom apartment because it's yep. I'm just, it's just me, right? It's just yep. me and, and my girlfriend. Uh, but to people who are like, I have four kids. Uh, you know, they have a school system. Like there's so many excuses. And there so is. I wonder like, how do you deal with people who say, I mean, I'm sure you have CEOs that you deal with and executive and people on executive teams who, who literally say this to you. 
oh gosh yeah yeah and they hate they and they have had lots of people who own very successful businesses making millions of dollars a year and they freaking hate it sure and then we just go fix it and so, you so fix it's it a lot of it feels like you're saying like every time you say this like well just fix just fix it just fucking do it no, man no, who no, cares no, no, like no. you're yeah, sorry that's like not Nike. that easy it's right decide what you actually want the way this world works and our brains work, decide how you actually want it to be and believe it's possible and start walking and marching towards it. And it always gets better. Always. Now, a lot of times when people hire me and hire people on my team, they are renting our belief and renting our faith in the of possibilities. Course. Right. Because I've been through they're this already so many subscribed times. to what you're selling. Yeah. And but they're still terrified and don't believe it's possible. So yeah. for me, it's like a duh, no brainer. Mm-hmm. But but a lot of times people need the handholding and the faith and to help people get there. Sure. I've been doing this for twenty something years. It's like it's an absolute no brainer. Now right. you got to be able to afford somebody, a coach, and someone else who knows what they're doing in some cases to get the help or have a great friend. That's that is the hard part. When you have resources, these things are easier because you yeah. can get the right help. But it just starts with a commitment and, and and sometimes even borrowing someone else's belief. I've had so many people that mentally have been like on the like so messed up it's not funny, hating their businesses, hating their lives, and we gradually dial it all in. Like you know, we have this assessment for the book. You know, it's 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 the wheel of resilience. And I've seen people that are such a mess it's not funny. But mm-hmm. we just tackle things one at a time and it always gets better. It's it's just right. basically there's this concept. I was a very timid kid, and there's this concept my mom shared with me called hugging your monsters. March towards and go and hug the things that scare the crap out of you. And then you realize they're never that bad, and you get stronger and more confident, and things get better. Most people just have a closet full of monsters they're not addressing, and that's why their life sucks. or they're Because they're just not willing to deal with the stuff. Because it, it, is, it is scary, and I'm compassionate towards those people. Yeah. And we do need help to do it. And we need pushes. And, and that's why coaches and mentors and people like that are so damn important. Like without my coaches and mentors, I wouldn't have the confidence or ability to do what I've already done in my life. It makes a huge difference. So speaking to that, you um, you have these – I don't have a mentor. I don't have a coach. Um, I thought I was your mentor co- and coach. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have a mentor <laughs> and I have a coach. Okay. We're, we're looking for amazing mentors and amazing coaches. Oh. Sure. So, so here's the thing. Ouch. So that's, that's kind of where I'm headed with this question is, what if you can't find the quote unquote amazing people? What are good places to find? And maybe you can't afford amazing people, right? Uh, what are some ways that you would uh, address people who cannot afford to get a mentor or a coach how do they find these people that maybe are not technically, you Got know, it. they're not they're not labeled coaches or mentors, but yep. they are a support system, like the yeah. you before so, so, you were you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 what I look at in the book, I have a chapter on in a chapter on this. It's called Quadruple Your Intelligence, mm-hmm. and it's to find what I call fourteen X advisors. So these are people who have accomplished what you want or done what you want fourteen times before. So I'll give you an example. So mm-hmm. this racetrack we're going to tomorrow. I got a new car a while ago that was super fast, faster than before. Okay. And it was a new racetrack. So I was learning how to drive this car. And, and I knew I wasn't doing my best. I've got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. So I just found a kid, and he's a kid like 21, yep. who raced that car, the, the race version of that car, in, in the North American uh, circuit and was you know champion one year and second place. He's like you know the best 
kid in North America for driving that car wicked fast. Yeah. So that's an example of going hiring the best, right? The other example is, is that, you know, let's say that you want to get into being an art dealer like we talked before. Mm -hmm. Well, track down a couple of the top art dealers in your city and go and buy them coffee and say, yeah. I'd like to learn from you. And it, for most people say, look, I'd love to meet with you once a month. I'd like to share with you what I'm doing and get your feedback. And I'm, you know, I'm, I would really appreciate it. Most people are honored and flattered by that. And if you're a keener and if you follow up, they will do it for you. Yeah. That, and not charge. It might cost you a coffee or a lunch. That is so, that is like the best advice. I, I was eternally skeptical of that. And I am – let me just be clear. I am nobody. But uh, like when people like just say hey, like, you know, I would love to – I always I, – I can't turn it down. I, I enjoy sure. it. Correct. Of course. So if I ask, if, if I reach out and ask you guys about doing great podcasts, and I and I articulated it in a great way and said, I really love to get some of your help, and I lived in your city, I'm pretty sure I could get you to, to do it. Yeah. yeah. And if I was committed to it and followed up like a pit bull, guaranteed you would do it. Especially if you, you told me how beautiful I am. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I might not, but if I did, yes. But yeah. How, how do you? How how do you get over that fear of asking? Because you say that. Suck and it I'm up, like, Buttercup. Suck it up, Buttercup. How up, bad Buttercup. do you want it? You want to be mediocre or do you want to have a great life and be successful? Yes, it I, hurts. I yes, don't even want to go to homebrew clubs. I'm so afraid. And well, I'm an outgoing extrovert. I got it. Oh, say again? I So I'm an extrovert. Yeah. I'm very good at talking with people. But to literally go to a homebrew club where I don't know anybody, I, it scares the shit out of me. And, and I'm and with you. I don't like some of those situations either. So yeah. how do you do it? Like I have all kinds of tricks and techniques to get me to do it. One is just to pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. The other is if I'm going to one of those events to, to have a goal to make sure I talk to five different people. Okay. You got to push. Like at the end of the day, guys, if you can't find a way to push yourself, you're mm. going to suck. Well, that's sort of like being putting yourself in uncomfortable, scary situations, right? It is. It's you hugging your monsters. Do that. And, and at the end of the day, that's one of the most important skills is being willing to push yourself outside your comfort zone because otherwise you stay in your comfort zone. And if you stay in your comfort zone, nothing changes. And doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is what they call insanity. I love so, that. Right. So maybe you get a friend. Maybe you get a friend who super likes to go and talk to everyone. Like It's, it's okay to use crutches. You yeah. get a friend who likes to talk to people. You tell them your goal is to, to talk to five people and they will get you talking to ten. Like Who right. cares? Well, I always bring a buffer, I call them. Perfect. I always bring somebody with me. Same. A buffer, a wingman. So you have someone to talk to in, in between yeah. the awkward times. You know? But better yet was to, was to help them get you to talk to more people. Right. Yeah. Wingman. But, I guess you're right. Exactly. Or wingwoman. Equal rights. Exactly. Exactly. No, it is. Like a wing person. A so, wing person. But again, it doesn't matter as long as they help you achieve your goals. And you got to remember, one of the things I really want people to hear too is like in, in the world, I have all kinds of glitches and, and things that I'm horrible at. Mm. But all these other people around me take care of it, mm. right? There's certain things I just I'm I I'll never be good at, but whether they're people on my team or friends or family, they balance that out. But I know what those attributes I want to bring out of myself, and I make sure they come out so I can be the yeah. best version of me with this assistance. It's not what's, all about you doing it yourself. What's an example of one of your things that you're bad at, and that you have somebody there to like fill that fill that okay, space? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a stupid one, like a really stupid please. So I, you know, do a lot of newsletters and videos and blogs and all uh -huh. this stuff, and I share a lot of stuff. But even going back 20 years, to load up the newsletter and into the template and to press send, like I have a panic attack. 
Like mm. me promoting myself, I hate. Yeah. I cringe. I like my, the hair stands up on the back of my neck. Like it's yeah. brutal. No, yeah. again, it's silly. I can't get myself it's, to do it either. No, yeah, I have the same problem. No, you so don't. what do I do? You know, even with this book, right? <laughs> I to go do. there and promote myself and find you guys. It's like I got people on my team to do it. Yeah. Because to reach out, man, hey, I'd love to be on your radio show, uh, your your podcast. I was like, I, ah, I don't want you know, to. I want yeah. to do the podcast. <laughs> I love doing it. But, but sending out that the, email is is nightmarish. It is, and I will. I, I like. I would rather clean my office than send the email. Sure. And I don't like cleaning. So right. so it's like. You know, it's just, okay, great. So then I'm not good at that consistently. Who would be? Let's get them to push the button and, mm. and follow things up. And you seem to be an extrovert. I'm an extrovert, but I can be shy too. Yeah, okay. In those social situations. I feel like, I feel like it's a, there's a spectrum, right? Yep. But I, yeah, I, I could talk all day. I love being right. with people. But like in your brew club, to go talk to those new people, it's a little tense for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's, I, I kind of don't want to do it, but I feel like if I went and did it, I'd probably say the same thing like you said about going to see a therapist. Like, it's probably going to be one of the best things I've ever done because I can tell you that uh, whenever I do, like, w w there's just certain things I can look back on and go, I, you know what? I did that, and then so many things sort of happened afterwards. Correct. So this podcast, for example, was one of those things that I first did. We had no idea where it would go, but it has led to so many positive changes in my life. And again, you don't know until you get there. And there's been times of, especially with this show, is there's been times of like hating it and loving it and kind of this whole like spectrum of going back and forth with my relationship with it. Uh, but ultimately, I think the crux of what we do, which is this kind of talking to other people, like you mentioned, is what I like to do. It's all the other shit that surrounds it, like it's promoting <laughs> it, you know, like editing it, all the other, like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, which led to burnout, you know, for, for me especially, and I'm sure for Angie, you'd say the same thing, right? I mean, like mm. there's, there's pieces around it that suck. And it wasn't until we had somebody there that could help us, whether we pay them or just emotionally yep. help us you know, get through it. Like my dad's always been an emotional support when it came to, you know, the, doing the podcast yep. and not necessarily, he's not, not financially. We don't have to pay him to do anything, but he's just a cheerleader. And I think and having we all cheerleaders. Need that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, 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 yeah, we all, we, we need that support and we need that cheerleaders. And I think that's one of the biggest myths is people have this belief, particularly in North America, you're supposed to do it alone. Mm. I can do it. You know, right. it's supposed to be a superhero. That's crap. Right. Like the best basketball players in the NBA do nothing alone. They practically don't even tie their own shoes. It does look like it from the outside, though. It, it, but you got to learn to look past the, the, you know, they've got coaches and physical therapists and, yeah. and psycholog psychologists and right. all kinds of people. Even triathletes don't do it alone. Triathlon right. looks like the Ironman triathlete looks like the ultimate solo sport. No, but you only right. watch them for the 120 minutes like on the basketball court when they are alone. So it's exactly. like right. So we it's forget that, and that's a big thing that holds people back is they think there's they, they take pride in doing it themselves. I'm like, you yeah. you take pride in doing it yourselves. You ain't going far, man. You can't get very far on your own. Right. Uh, is there anything that uh, well, Andrew, is there anything that you want to ask or like that we feel like we didn't cover or, or Kevin? Do you think like there's something that you want to get across that maybe we didn't we didn't get to? I would just suggest that we go to the principles in the book. And the idea yeah. is do the self-assessment online. Yeah. It's free. And it gives you, you know, it'll take you to, you know, show you where you stand. You can choose what you want to work on, which one of the habits to make yourself stronger and in a better place. 
Mm-hmm. And there's videos and all kinds of other free resources. I, I just want to help more people. So go and do the assessment and get get a sense of where you're at and pick the habit you need to master. So, so where can they find you? Where can uh, they find this information? Lawrenceandco.com. Okay. L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E-A-N-D-C-O.com. There's a section called books where you can dig into the resources about the book and see the assessment and everything else. I, and, and I would just challenge people is, you know, pick a habit at a time and continually make yourself stronger. Yeah, it's 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 work. I just want to add but that it, there, there's so much meat in here, and um, I I am like uh, generally resistant to reading books. Just I don't know, <laughs> but uh, the the way that you laid it out, and uh, maybe just the the way that the workbooky type things are integrated, you kind of fly through it. Um, yep. it it was it was rewarding in that I flew through it, and I, I got a lot from it. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Thank you for writing it. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's written to people like us who don't want to read a bloody textbook. Mm. It's right to the point. Get the principle. Go through these three or four exercises to get the insights you need so you know what to work on. It's insight, contemplate, go do something to make it better. And people can find the book on your website, lawrenceandco.com? Yep. Yeah, on the website, lots of free resources there. And then Amazon, you can go buy the book. Or the audiobook, or the workbook, whatever kind of and terms. We'll have you're links to everything in the show notes. Yep, your website, the nine yards. Cool. And awesome. and again, the book is your oxygen mask first. Seventeen habits every high achiever must adopt to survive and thrive in business and life. Now, would you would you say that you necessarily have to be a CEO or part of an executive team to read this book, or can you just be yeah. a normal person? And that's the thing. Look, the, the, the people I work with all day long are CEOs and executives. Sure. The truth is the principles apply to everybody. Okay. So it doesn't matter cool. really. I mean, you could be the nurse that you talked about. A majority of the principles will still apply, especially if you're a nurse who's managing other nurses. Mm. Um, it, it is a handbook on how to, have, how to really thrive in your life and your work. So, yes, it, it appeals to everyone or it would be appropriate. It's just written in the language and the stories to CEOs and executives. Got it. Cool. Uh, well, again, like Andrew mentioned, uh, if you missed anything in the show, we'll have everything in the show notes, all the links uh, to the book, to the guides, uh, and you can either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show where we'll have all that information. Uh, and please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us because we could always use uh, more people listening to the show. Obviously, <laughs> we, need to, we need this kind of content to be out there. And more earballs. Please. I would... <laughs> Andrew's literally on his knees right now begging. He's got his hands folded. He is begging. You don't have to do that, Andrew. We can't see you. Um, all right. I, that was clearly a joke. Okay. Uh, yeah. Point your point your friends or your family or whoever to your favorite episodes, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber too. Point them to this episode. If maybe they're having uh, some struggles with mental health, this episode might be a good guide for them. Uh, you know, maybe to uh, – check themselves before they wreck themselves, uh, as they say. Uh, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss on the show, please email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And all the tools and resources we normally mention on the show, uh, we will have available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Uh, so, Ken, thank you so much for coming on and, and spending some time with us and drinking a beer at 11 a.m. your time. Uh, <laughs> You know, you're you're are you on a lake? You're on a lake or a beach? Lake, lake, lake. Cool. Yeah. 
saltwater or freshwater, right? And Fre- I could be stupid for saying Fre- that. It's just, yeah, all lakes are generally all lakes fresh- are freshwater, freshwater right. lake in a place called Kelowna, BC. It's a beautiful spot. And sounds are saltwater, right? Yes, correct. Okay. You learn something. <laughs> you do. <man. laughs> High, highly valuable info today. Well, thank you guys. It's, we been, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. I've, I really, really enjoyed it. It's one of the most fun oh, I've had in a while one of these. So thank you. Awesome. All right, guys. That's it. Later, Andrew. Later, Matt. Please tell your friends about this show. Thank <laughs> you.